0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Yes, 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 and welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast with me, Ollie Price Bates, otherwise known as PB on the podcast, and I'm joined today by JB. Hello, Ollie. You've changed your intro. That threw me a bit. It, it threw me to be honest. I, I said my full name, and then I thought, that's not that's not how people know me. They're going to be confused. It's going to throw everyone off.
0: I'm intrigued. Like people, I, I mean, actually, I doubt anyone listening thinks this is a really well planned and you know rigidly scripted podcast. But you know, I, I'd like to think that we'd got the first minute nailed down. I think we're on episode 11, and we still haven't. But maybe that's part of the chart. Maybe people mm. know that you just you just don't know what you're getting when you when you tune into the Fresh Arsenal Pod.
1: That's our USP. I mean it's been about 2 weeks since our last recording and uh I'll take that as my excuse I've been thrown off thrown off over uh, had a bit of a mini break in true azil fashion. Well what happened was right
0: Arsenal played up north which meant that we weren't we could we just couldn't cover it which it wasn't mm. it wasn't up for a um I think I saw I might be wrong so Ozil's been at the club for seven and a half years seven years seven and a half years played away at Newcastle guess how many times? One Correct Correct I'm going to put that down as either a lucky guess or you've read the same tweet <laughs> I have but it's <laughs> one um, Yeah Probably just he was just too good for them and in, you know uh, proper proper sportsman um, didn't want to make it unfair so didn't didn't go and play Fair play to him.
1: Yeah, so unless you've been living under a rock for the last week, uh, you will know that Mesut Ozil's time at the club after seven and a half years is finally coming to an end. Not official uh-huh. yet.
0: Despite the fact he's, he's posed with Fenerbahce flags and he's on their club account. Absolute silence yeah, from, the Arsenal, <laughs>
1: from the Arsenal From the social media. Silence from Arsenal. I think Fenerbahce have tweeted something and uh yeah as you say he's been pictured uh, covered in in Fenerbahce gear and he's been uh, he's changed his like Erzil icon has any the colors of that to Fenerbahce colors and all, all sorts all Arsenal's away kit colors you never know <laughs> yeah he's coming back for the next away game well so we've we've got Urzil leaving um it seems almost certain which i think for many people for it was kind of a given that he was going to be here till the end of the season. We put out a, a tweet yesterday because there are some people amongst uh, the fan base that did want Urzil back in the squad. Obviously, we've got Smith Rowe, who's come in and done quite well in the number 10 position. And as we look for sort of a more experienced alternative in the market to him, many felt, why not give Urzil a chance in the squad for the remaining, remaining six months of the contract? But we put a poll out. I think ninety percent agreed it was the right time for for him to go this month. How do you feel about it all, JB? Quite briefly, because I I don't want to make this Urzil Urzil pod. But um, well, there's no there's no that. Pepe segment this week, so maybe we should have an Urzil segment. How do I feel about it? Look, I mean, it was uh,
0: it was inevitable. I think ultimately, if you've got a guy on three hundred fifty k a week who isn't playing, it's in everyone's interest to end that situation. Um, I'd like to think that there's some upside to us letting him go now, like you know, he'll get paid by Fenerbahce, maybe, you know, even if we're paying 250k a week, right, that's 3 million, say, between now and the summer. I I have no idea. So maybe that's a financial thing. My understanding is that he was lined up to go in the summer and probably would have if COVID hadn't happened. I think that clubs that maybe could have afforded his wages before couldn't after that. So I think what happened was, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of why he was left out post restart, but definitely in the summer he was supposed to go. And I think once you cross that bridge as a club where you decide this guy is not part of our plans, then um, for whatever reason, you don't want him in the squad. I think they basically just decided that they weren't going to use him at all this season. And that's where we are. So I think we can have a chat about the circumstances another time. But regardless of what you think of that, I think if you, if you take it as, as given that he's just not going to play, Yeah, you you just want them out, like, and nothing personal, but you don't want a you don't want the wages going out if you can avoid it, and you don't want a player who is um, it's not disruptive. It's not the right word, but like ultimately, you can't sustain a squad where you've got people coming in to train and not play. It's not you know culturally, it doesn't sit right because people just aren't going to be on the same page there. So, I think Özil's it's the same as Kalasenac and. Fairplay, Kolasinac appears to have taken a pay cut to move. Um And Mustafi, I don't know what's going on there. But, like, yeah, it, it's all the same. And Socrates as well, right? They're just players who aren't playing. And we've got a big squad. And let's move them on as soon as we can. And they probably would have done it in the summer with some of them if they could have.
1: Mm. Yeah, and at the time of recording, I think it's it's interesting to know. Obviously, as you say, Arsenal haven't announced anything. Are you? also we... I'm sure we'll see more player reaction in terms of Arsenal players when that happens. But at the time of recording, the only player to come out is Mustafi, who, as you mentioned, there is one of those senior players earning a good amount of money. That's not making, you know, even the squad, a lot of games. And as we talked about in episode nine, that sort of culture of having a group of senior players earning lots of money, not in the squad is a recipe for disaster. And, you know, Edu and, and the team have taken a lot of criticism, quite rightly, for some decisions. But getting Kolasinac, Erzil, maybe Mustafi, Socrates as well this month out is definitely going to help us with that sort of cultural shift. Mm. I just want to read out uh, a segment of Mustafi's tweet because I think it's uh, very interesting and is likely to be the final nail in this coffin if he's not already gone. Uh, so amongst other things, he said... Unfortunately, as a team, we haven't been able to assist you when you needed us the most. All the best. Mm. What do you make of that? Uh,
0: it's weird. I I don't know what he's alluding to, right? Like, mm. I mean, I'm am glad it's not like it's not a direct jibe at the club. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. What, I what think, do you think he's saying?
1: I think no one knows completely why Ozil has completely stopped playing. You know, when, when Arteta came in, he was, wasn't playing 90 minutes every game, but, you know, he was a functioning part of the squad. Something's happened, you know, whether that's him not putting in the effort in training or not wanting to travel when he's got very slight injuries, etc., or, you know, I don't want to speculate too much. There could be a mental mental thing going on there and Mustafi feels the club, rather than getting behind him, have sort of uh, ostracised him for, for not wanting to do certain things. Um, we can't speculate too much because we don't know exactly what's going on, but I think it's clear that there's much more going on around Ozil than what just was on the pitch. Um, so, you know, I'm personally very relieved that this situation is coming to an end. And I think these tweets just, just prove that point even more, you know, maybe one day once, once all their careers are over, we'll, we'll get to know the, mm. the true story behind this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it does, as you said, like it does read like, and again, it might just be that he's tried to use the word assist in a clever way and he's a footballer and he's fucked it up, but um, it does read like, you know, we haven't been able to support you through a difficult period or something. and, and mm. you know, Maybe with better support, he would have ended up back. I, I don't really know. But what I do believe, firmly, is that however you define footballing reasons, I believe that Arteta has has not included Ozil for what he considers footballing reasons. Now, that might be ability. That might be ability to do certain things on the pitch. There might be a way we want to play. There might be how he trains. I don't know. Um, and it I just doesn't matter anymore, right? But what I do believe is, if Arteta thought that Özil would improve the team and make the team better and improve our chances of winning games, the guy would be play, would play, would be in the squad, and would have been in the squad. That's where we are. But like, I think, I think it's probably unhelpful for us to kind of guess, right? We can speculate, and Twitter loves speculating, and. I think it's all... A lot of what you see is nonsense, right? Like, the China stuff, I think, is nonsense because Ozil played a ton of games after making those comments. And the only thing his emission coincides with is the restart and the pay cut thing, right? That's the only thing. So either it's that or it's something related to how he started playing or whatever. Anyway, Hmm. point being is he's gone. Kolasinac is gone. Mustafi is going at some point between now and the summer. Sokratis is gone. I think we need to move on from them as a club. They are a clique of mates who who have not been playing. And to be honest, like, we don't miss any of them when they don't play. So, fine, done, move on, go get replacements. And I have nothing against any of them. Like, even Mustafi, like, he comes across as quite a nice guy, right? Um, who actually gave a shit on the pitch, probably too much. And um, just wasn't good enough. And Urzel actually came across as someone who did care about Arsenal and loved London, but he's gone. And Kalasinac, you know, never seemed to sulk. I don't know what they're like on the training ground, but they're all gone now. So, okay, let's go get new players.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a good point you touched on. A lot of people have said, well, it can't just be footballing reasons because Ozil's better than, you know, Willian at 10 or whatever. But footballing reasons is not just what you see on the pitch. We've got to remember these people are with each other seven days a week and footballing reasons is training it's communicating it's it's all of these things and there's so much we don't see so i think you know that that's the final word on it now i think from us from the club good luck to azil hope he hope he performs over in turkey and as you say l- let's move on so i want to look at what we can do this month i think when we spoke in december on the on the transfer special episode 9 we were definitely under the impression that Arsenal needed to move quite quickly this month to at least get a sort of a midfield player in. The emergence of ML Smith Rowe in that Chelsea game, sort of on the cusp of the window, certainly slowed down the urgency for that for that position. But if anything, the the Palace game, the nil nil, the nil nil sort of with Newcastle in the, in the FA Cup for the first ninety minutes has to me at least, shown that we, we still need to be very much looking for that player this month. Um, we've also got a, an issue at, in goal that uh, Arteta has spoken about. He definitely doesn't seem satisfied with our number two option, Renarsson. He wants to get another option in there. And what we've seen more recently is with uh, Tierney, he's become a key player and there's no sort of natural backup to him. Now Kolasinac has left. I think many of us thought that that Niles might be able to do a job there. He looks a lot more awkward to me in a four. I think people forget that when he played left wing-back, it was a sort of inverted midfield role with Tierney as the the left centre-back sort of playing as the left-back. So it's a very different ask for him. Not saying he can't do it, but he he looked awkward in it mm. in the Palace game. Uh, so that, that's three potential problem issues for Arsenal. Do you think... Uh, do you think Arsenal are going to address any of these? We've got about half the month left. So,
0: look, it, it, it comes back to how you want to play, right? And I think what we're learning is, is, well, the style that appeared to be working for a few games was very reliant on the system with specific individuals and in specific roles, right? Uh, you've got Smith Rowe in the 10, you've got a left footer on the right, you've got a left footed left back, You've got like a left side. You've got an inside forward on the left, and you've got a striker who can play back to goal. And the problem is, you know, on the right you've got Saka and you've got Pepe as backup there, right? Um, you've got Lacazette as the nine, and questions around if anyone else can do the role the same way. Abamyang and Martinelli, are natural kind of options to switch in and out on the left. And as you said, right? Suddenly, if Smith Rowe doesn't play, there's no obvious replacement, and not having Tierney's left foot was an issue. Now, if you look at centre-back, the, the Gabrielle-Marie thing is a great example of, like, if you're building a squad, your backup should play the way you want in that position. Uh, and therefore, it will, you know, it will slash it might just take time for us to build that in our squad. I think the Smith-Rowe emergence uh, is, is not... You know, it's not now we've got Smith Rowe. We don't need to buy someone. It's now we've seen how much of an impact a player like that makes. We better go and get someone else who can do it because if he's injured, we're screwed. And also, like maybe maybe it might be quite nice having two of those players on the pitch together in the really difficult games because actually they might combine with each other. Yeah. So if anything, if I was the club, I would go oh, look at a difference. And nine, you know, he's very good, but a nineteen-year-old or a twenty-year-old has made a huge difference. That probably suggests that if we weren't got someone else who knew what they were doing in that position, we'd be in a better place. So I think that's obvious. And the other thing to say about Smith Rowe it, it is, you know, he's not what you might consider a traditional 10. I think, first of all, he he's involved the whole time. He's not just this guy who plays pretty through balls. Second of all, he gets stuck in defensively. He drops deep. He also fills in for the other midfielders. So I think, you know, when you talk about him versus Ozil, I, I don't think you could argue that Ozil does what he does because I think Smith Rowe does all the other things that Arteta probably wants him to do. So so that's where I am on the 10. Um, be good to get your thoughts. So I'll come back on on the goalkeeper and fullbacks. I think those are kind of more pressing squad building issues rather than, you know, mm. first team issues.
1: Yeah, I think you, you touched on a great point there that, you know, the backup, especially with how Arteta wants to play, it's a very sort of, it's a very defined style of play. A uh, very defined style of, of build up, defensive shape, etc. So, when you lose Tierney, uh, for me, the, the problem we have is I think Saka's the best fill in that we've got in the squad to play left back. And the problem with that is he's our, our best creative midfield player. But the reason he's the best fill in for me is because of what you said. You know, he does similar things to Tierney. He can beat a man, he's, he stretches the pitch, he's a natural left footer. And I think if Arteta had a functioning number 10 already in the squad for that Palace game, he puts Smith row wide, he puts the new number 10 there uh, and he puts Saka at left back and we play the way we want to play and we potentially win the game. You know, that's the difference in having backup in each position that that, that fit the system. And I think, I mean, many Arsenal fans from what I can see on Twitter seem to be resigned to the fact that we're not going to do anything this month anymore. But to, to come back to your point on, on what we need with the emergence of Smith Rowe, the club seemed to have a very similar narrative, you know, after he was excellent against Chelsea and West Brom, they came out and said, look, we Smith Rowe is a great player, but we're, we're looking for a world class uh, midfielder to, to play, to play with him. So I think they, they gave those quotes to to the Athletic. So the club clearly wants to do something still. And I think it's very similar with, with the goalkeeper situation. I, I think Artez sort of almost committed to addressing that this month. Um, he, he definitely did not publicly back Renata, and that's for sure. So if something was to happen to Leno and we, we didn't bring someone else in, I'd be extremely worried. So I'm still quite optimistic that we will do something. I don't think we should rush and do the wrong deal. But I do think would be, if we did nothing, we'd be taking a huge risk going into the second half of the season. It's such a congested schedule. There's still a lot to play for. We're still in the Europa League. We're not out of reach of European positions. And one injury to, you know, a good length injury to Tierney or the keeper puts us in a really sticky situation. And then the midfield issue has just been an issue all season, whether we've got injuries or not. I mean, imagine if we we lost Sackle, or we lost Smith-Rowe for a significant amount of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, worrying. I mean, look, I think the biggest risk there is the goalkeeper, right? Because
1: we've seen, like, Ruderson just doesn't save things.
0: Mm. From what I can see. And in
1: a league where it's just extreme, every game is so tight, you know, we, we thrash West Brom, but that's about it, isn't it? All our other games have been won and lost on tiny margins, tiny moments. If you've got a keeper that is clearly well below the level of anyone else on that pitch, you're potentially losing every game. Mm. Like, it's that significant. I, I, I mean, would be extremely worried again about relegation.
0: Yeah, well, not relegation, but like, it's not good, right? But but they discussed this on the Arsenal Vision Pod where. It increasingly looks like Runnison was a Macy replacement, kind of never never supposed to be second choice and uh oh, well I mean yeah, they, I they think talk, the they club of, David, David Raya and a few others, and maybe hmm. the idea was get through to January or summer and, and get someone in but
1: hmm.
0: look it shouldn't be it, it shouldn't be difficult now, especially as you know if you think life's difficult for us, I can imagine most of the lower leagues are desperate for cash like. To go and get a goalkeeper. I mean, we've been linked with Freddie Woodman, right? Who's Newcastle youth team, or or now was youth team product. Who's was England under twenty one keeper. He's at Swansea. You could probably go and get him for a few million. Um, although Aaron Ramsdale was an England under twenty one goalkeeper, so I don't know if that is anything interesting. But yeah, look, I I think that there's probably there's probably someone who's experienced and even like retired. Or out, out of contract who could come and do a job for six months so I'm not worried about the goalkeeper situation as long as we get someone the left mm. one is um, you know arguably an opportunity right so surely when kalasinach went there should have been a plan and that plan can't have been assumed Tierney be as superhuman it also doesn't really make sense that the plan was Cedric or Maitland-Niles because like the value of the left foot on the left hand side is so important especially with a as you said, like a left a left forward who who comes onto their right. You need the natural width on, on the left footer. So mm-hmm. but for me this is an opportunity. I was saying yesterday, right, you got you got James Justin, you got Matty Cash, you've got um Anthony Robinson. There's like a ton of fullbacks in the Premier League who have come from League One, championship clubs. And I feel like there's an opportunity here for us to go and just try and scout a talented like you know, 19, 20-year-old fullback who's just got lots of upside. And if not, fine. But spend a couple of million, again, like most of European football right now could do with the cash. I feel like there are opportunities out there if we go for them. Be smart. I mean, like one example, Dom Dom C on Twitter did like a data-led scouting thing and his pick was uh, Buchanan at Derby. He's a Derby left back. He's, like, again, 19, 20 years old. Just broken through the thing the 21 squad. He's played 20 league games with Derby. They've got no money. They can't play their players. Go and get him. I don't know. If he was, like, 5 million, a 20-year-old mm. fullback who's got, like, a season playing for Arsenal, that's, like, a 15 million pound player, which is, like, how the market works, right? Go get him. Or or go get a player like that. There's almost no yeah. downside. We paid We paid 6 million to loan Cedric, didn't we? Or something dumb like that, just, just yeah. go and be smart. Go and, like, take low downside, high upside moves and go and, like, bolster the squad. And and doing that in that way also doesn't, you know, d- significantly deplete funds for the summer. Like, it feels like a no-brainer, but that's not the kind of thing Arsenal do.
1: Mm. Yeah, I actually know Buchanan's family, so I'll... I'll- I'll put in a good word to see if he's up for the move. But um look at you dropping names. The, you, we need there's another one. We, there. we need more
0: well, backstory down here. It, I'm not letting you just that, stop there.
1: Down in the uh down in the southwest, the contacts are limited now now that I live uh live down here. But um there's a former ex midfielder called Dan Clay, uh and he's the cousin of Dan Clay. And uh I work with Dan Clay's wife, so yeah, I've been following following Buchanan for a while uh, in the England youth setup, etc. There's another one at um, Reading. Omar Richards looks like he could be off to, to buy it now. Like, yeah, yeah, and I mean that as you can see, that's a smart buy from them. But that's a situation we we should have been looking at if we were looking at Kalashnikovs leaving. You know, I'm sure he would have loved to loved to come to Arsenal. And when when you're a Europa League club like Arsenal. And you rotate there because a lot of people are saying who'd want to come and be backup left back to T N E. Who'd want to come and be backup keeper to to Leno? But there there is a lot of opportunity in the cup games. If we get in the Europa League again, you know that's that's a big stage for you to to show your worth. And well, there's another, always opportunity.
0: Another one that I before you give us the inside scoop on Buchanan, another one that I read on Twitter, which I don't know if it's true or not. I checked it on Transfer Market. It looks like it might be is apparently Tariq Mitchell's contract up in the summer
1: which would be interesting
0: which
1: would be interesting yeah. anyway tell me is he any good yeah i mean he's uh he's a very enthusiastic player he's um very young i think he's still a teenager 18 19 and um he, he's got opportunities under sort of the Rooney regime um and he's been involved in it, I think in England are the twenty ones now, a couple of sub appearances, I think it is, but yeah, he's a good player, as I say, he's got um footballers in his in his family, so yeah i I haven't seen an awful lot of him ninety minutes he's I think he's only got sort of ten twenty games for for Derby county, but I think Arsenal don't need a massive signing at all. Uh, as a backup left back, it's just more about that sort of type of person and a natural left footer, as you say, um, to, to fit into the system. Um, and as you say, there's so much opportunity. There's so many clubs that are cash strapped at the moment, especially, I think, Derby, who Buchanan who plays for, are in a, a very difficult financial situation. Is that right? I think they can play, the, well, they, to yeah, play they their, players. their
0: players. That's what I yeah, read so, on the internet, which might be true, might be nonsense.
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's opportunities like that in, across the leagues and across all of Europe at the moment. You know, they're all in the same, same situation. And I said on the transfer pod, episode nine, that Arsenal, whilst we're not doing well in the situation at all, every club's losing money, we've got an owner who's, who's still got an awful lot of money and now it's a great time to sort of strike and fill a lot of pieces in that squad and take advantage of others' weaknesses. Um, and so it'd be disappointing if we, if we don't do that because this time next year, I'm sure football clubs will be looking a lot healthier and, and have less, have more resistance in, in sort of keeping their players.
0: I think that the only, yeah, put it this way, like I, I don't think Ruderson's playing any games that matter at any point. So, yeah, I think either we're getting another keeper or he's decided that like, someone in the academy is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that someone in the academy is at least of a similar level and would be homegrown. Um, I know I've not watched a lot of the youth football recently, but there's a couple of guys on Twitter who do uh, and who rate a couple of the youngsters, young keepers. But obviously it's a completely different stage, completely different level. And, you know, if anyone's going to step in now, it's into the latter stages of the Europa League or it's into straight into competitive Premier League games for their debut. So I think it would be a big ask for a young player to immediately move to number two. So I'm, I'm sure we do something there uh, with a the keeper who's played some games at a decent level. But between the sort of left-back situation and another midfielder, what's your preference if we could only do one of those deals this month?
0: I'm going to preface this on what like me as a person I like to win games and I like teams that can win games and scoring goals so I think mm-hmm. we I think we'd be better off getting another midfielder who can create stuff who can play instead of mm-hmm. or with Smith Rowe
1: just yeah because, and I mean
0: like, int- I, th- I think you can get by with Cedric and maitland Niles, like you're not going to rip up trees, mm. but I also think the quality of player we'd be likely to bring in in midfield is going to be a lot higher than someone we could get in January as a backup left back like i I think in the long run we need it, but mm. like you know take take your mate Buchanan or even take Richards what are the odds that they come in now at age 20 and uh, are able to contribute materially more than even like Maitland-Niles and Cedric could do at least in the next six months. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I am. I, I think I'd go and get someone to help us create further up.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I think as awkward as sort of Maitland-Niles look there, like what are we doing in training by the way? Cause as you say, we're, we're planning to play, a type of way with a left back so who who's playing on the other team you know when you're playing avb or whatever who's playing left back there because it didn't look like to me maitland niles had ever practiced playing in a back four at all you know is it is it youth player we talk about youth players potentially stepping up um in goal i'd rather a young left back i think we've got joel lopez well, i was going to say uh, he's very way- highly rated
0: don't really have like young fullbacks on the verge of the first team. Like you've got Joel yeah. Lopez, who's he's, he's still 17 or 18, isn't he?
1: Yeah. I think he's, I was going to say like, he's highly rated, but I think he's not even really played much for the 23s. It's it's more he's young 18s. And then you've got, yeah.
0: um, you know, like I'll say two twos, who's a right back is, is kind of the most advanced fullback we've got, but he's, you know he's at Cardiff, and he's playing a bit. Mm. But it's like there's no one. There's no one really kind of knocking down the door there. Whereas we've got a ton of attacking players. It might just be that young players don't. You know, young defenders
1: just don't look great. And maybe it's That's just what I mean. like, in training, though. In training, like we we see a lot of young midfielders, uh, the likes of Cottrell, as he's training with the first team, to sort of get them in their stride. Who's the young left back that's playing, you know, training with the first team as even third choice? Cedric. <laughs> well, if that's it, you know, if if we really are planning that way, then I'd be more confident with it, because at least he's got some sort of familiarity with it. But I think it's clearly we've got um the lad on loan at Rochdale as well, a Bowler, haven't we? Did we recall him actually? Um uh... Am I right in saying there's
0: like a Mark Bowler and there's a Talaji Bowler? Or are they different? Were they both a Arsenal? Bowler, I think. Teladji Bowler is a left back at Arsenal. Well done, me. He's on loan at Rochdale. He's played 11 games there. Rochdale, League One or League Two? League One.
1: League
0: One. All right. And then there's Mark. Isn't there a Mark Bowler? Yeah, there is. Well done. Again, he plays for Middlesbrough. Also a left back. He's from Greenwich. Was also mm. Arsenal left two years ago. Unclear if he's related to Teladji. What are the odds that we'd have 2 fullbacks in our academy with the same surname who played the same position and they're a year apart in age? Different boroughs of London,
1: probably not related. Anyway, Mark's gone. Yeah, I've just looked it up. Teladji Bola has been recalled, but... um. The the reliable George Bird said that he didn't do especially well on loan at Rochdale, which, as you say, is, is League Two. So he's back potentially if we've called him back. Might just be because he's not been doing very well on loan, and we'll move him to a different loan. But maybe they're they're considering him as a sort of backup option. Yeah,
0: and I mean, probably better than Kalasanach maybe where are you seeing that he didn't do well I'm currently frantically googling
1: I just did a twitter search because I was sure I saw him uh, recalled from Rochdale which he has been and and George Bird uh, tweeted he said a few people have asked about youth left back options there aren't many Lopez is talented but probably needs a loan spell and is out at the moment anyway injured Uh, And he said, Taladji Bollett is back as well, but didn't do especially well on loan at Rochdale. Interesting. I I don't
0: know. I don't know. I mean, if we were still in, if this was earlier in the season, maybe we could give him a run out in the Europa or
1: something, but there we go. But if you get a top creative midfielder in, that resistance from large parts of the fan base to move Saka to left back, goes surely doesn't it you know you're not as reliant on Saka to do as much going forward if he's got to fill in two three games as a left back we've seen him play you know unlike Maitland Niles we've seen Saka perform in a back four and he's naturally left-footed and he's an attacking attacking player so I think think if you get that midfielder
0: if you said to me what's the best thing to do that's what I would do hmm. I agree with you I think I, I think the other but thing, but getting is, a
1: top midfielder is harder, isn't it? it is.
0: But the other thing I would agree like Tierney left Saka right work because you had balance, right? And when they both played on the same side, it was they were both kind of trying to do the same thing. And as good as Saka's been on the right, I think that our backup option, let's see how I word this, our backup options to Saka on the right are better than our backup options to Tierney,
1: yeah.
0: And I still think that there is you you can get more from Pepe in a functioning team and I caveat that because he was terrible against Palace but there we go you get more from Pepe in a functioning team than you would from Cedric or Maitland-Niles at left back so I, I agree with you I think I would use Saka on the left and Pepe on the
1: right but and even if you don't like even if you don't like Pepe you know, you get a uh, Buendia, for example. If Tierney's injured, you can play left-back, Buendia on the right, or Buendia number 10, Smith-Rowe on the right. It just gives you much more flexibility. So, we know what we want to do. How confident are you that Arsenal are going to address? I think it's, it's unrealistic for us to expect all three. And I think we're going to have to take a risk in, in one or more areas of the pitch going into the second half of the season. How many do you think we sign? And how many more, if we say Ozil's already gone, so we've already sold, slash loaned, Match and Ozil, how many more do you think are going to leave and who? And how many more will come in before the end of the month?
0: How many more will leave?
1: We've got Sprat- Mustafi and Socrates with six months. I yeah. don't
0: think Mustafi will go.
1: So I think Socrates will go.
0: Could we loan Callum Chambers? I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. I feel like there's no point in him just sitting around if he's fit. So maybe a loan mm. there? I don't know. Um, uh, then I think that's it. Mm. I don't... I can't... Are there any other... Move? I don't think there are any other movements. Um, I'd love to just let William go, but that's not happening. So that's where I am. And then... I think we will not sign a left-back. I think we will get a goalkeeper and we will loan a midfielder. That's my prediction. Sign a goalkeeper, loan a midfielder. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, the only other sort of additional out that may happen, but I think it's, it's very unlikely this window. But if we did sign a left-back, which hasn't really been talk of, then surely that leaves Niles... Um, future in in serious doubt considering he's barely played anyway Um, but I agree
0: that's an interesting one right because the only thing I would add to that is I felt like there was an element of considering cup ties with the selections against Newcastle and the fact that Maitland-Isles came on with a minute to go because there were injuries I did think it was weird we didn't use him at all so yeah, I mm. I I I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me.
1: There's something going on there. I've said it since episode one, I think. Is that who I've I've said something's going on since episode one with Maitland Niles. It's it's just not felt right the whole time. I think I think he goes in the summer, to be honest. But if we you know, if Arteta was seriously concerned by what he saw in that palace game from from left back, maybe we'd do a late move for a left back and um and then Niles moves on. In terms of incoming, I think we'll definitely see a keeper. I would hope Arteta would not be so publicly sort of damning about Renarsen, pretty much, um, without being very confident that he's going to have someone else, someone else in. I think Renarsen leaves on loan or even permanently if someone buys him. You know, I don't think Arsenal are going to stand in the way if someone turns up with with their one million back, Mm. and. um, I don't think we'll get a left back. I think that'll be sorted in the summer and we'll have to to work out ways to deal with that as we've discussed. And I do think we get a midfielder. Uh, but I'm going to say we, we're we going to sign someone permanently. We're not going to loan. But what I'm not going to tell you who it is. What kind
0: of price point do you think we will pay? Because I, I can't see a big... Like, I think if we're buying someone... Alright, I'll go give me your give me your view first.
1: I think we will spend twenty five million pounds on a midfielder. Okay. Yeah,
0: I was in the twenty ballpark. The challenge for me is like what do you get for that? I think I think we buy someone who is not our first choice. As in I buy I think we buy someone who Becomes a squad player inside 18 months, which is an issue for me, but if they're young
1: enough, it's all right. Yeah, I think you're right. We might not go for the elite player and maybe Smith for like, a We're not gonna do Urgent. an hour
0: in January. No. But we might do um I'm trying to think of like a recent signing we've made. Fuck. The only one I can think of, no, not El Nenny, because he wasn't expensive enough. Like, I think we could do like a, a Lucas Perez of midfielders.
1: Yeah, I've not seen a lot of him, but uh, Ryan Christie from Celtic has been linked. And I think it's that, not saying we're going to sign him, but that kind of signing, like a 24, 25-year-old. He's not world class, but he's, he's good enough to play in a, in a functioning team. He's playing for a team. That need money or are struggling sort of at the moment. I think we'll find a deal, but um, that's me being the eternal optimist. I I wouldn't be surprised if if we don't, and we we just go. No, I did see someone saying he's not very good. That's all I know. Some some random on Twitter said he's not very good. I think statistically, he creates a lot of chances and 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 gets a lot of assists. Obviously, he's playing in Scotland, but you know, there's been positive and negative case studies of players playing in Scotland. I mean, look how good Tierney's been, look how good Van dyke has been, um, but there's there's equally been players who've not been able to to bridge that gap. So, I think it would be a bit of a gamble signing and I think that's what we will do.
0: It's difficult to know because, I mean, if you believe people, the sum of money came from the owners and I don't know how much cash there is, right? So, um, I don't know if this Christie guy's any good. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm, it's
0: difficult because I still don't know if, if there's any brains at the club or not it's really hard to know
1: yeah I th- I think Arsenal are getting rid of these players and you know Arteta sort of said we need to get rid of players before more come in we've got rid of a couple big earners now between us you know obviously Arsenal are probably going to be paying some of Urza's wages to the end of the season but you remove that liability you remove that problem the same with acts say we got all of their wages off, we haven't, I'm sure, but that's 500 grand a week in wages. That's a lot of money between now and the end of the season. So I, I think it does give us a bit of flexibility to do something. And I think equally, the Cronkies have probably asked for the club to just get bodies out before they invest anymore, because they can see that there's a lot of people there, there's a big wage bill, and they want to, They probably want to see yeah, do do something in terms of getting people out and not just signing people and seeing a a problem sort of grow in terms of the squad size. So let's wait and see. Um, We discussed on episode nine, if you've not listened to it already, uh, a few options in that midfield midfield area, and uh, we'll probably do another sort of transfer themed pod towards the end of this window to evaluate what we've, what we've discussed. I think we'll wrap up there. We're keeping things bite-sized as you can tell from this from this podcast. We we're going to take a bit more a bit less of a sort of post-match podcast focus. We'll do the odd one, but um there's plenty of good podcasts for you to to listen to that offer that. So instead we're going to give a sort of weekly chat about our, all things Arsenal on and off the pitch. Um but continue to give us a feedback. Uh we know a few of you loyal fans have missed us during this two week break. So thanks. Thanks for the love and support from thanks. everyone. We're on Twitter at fresh arsenal pod so engage with us on there. Um, and remember whatever you're listening to us on now, please subscribe and uh, give us a five-star review. If you enjoyed it, um, it really helps us grow. And, uh, and we really appreciate all of the, all of the feedback and subscribers. Anything from you JB before we close? No. How's that? I think that's good. (laughs) Right. Thanks, everyone. We will talk to you soon. We'll have Carl back um, from episode. How many episodes has he been on now? He's been on a couple of episodes. Not enough. Um,
0: If you want insight, we'll get him back for you all.
1: Yeah. We've probably lacked a bit of insight on here. That's because we've, we've not had Carl today, but he will be back for the next episode. And so will me, PB. And so will I, JB. Yeah, you got that one. Well done. Smashed it. Thanks,
0: everyone. We're getting better. We are, we'll get there at some point this year. We'll, we'll nail an intro or an exit and then record it um, and just use it every time instead. So, yeah. Ollie, I'll let yeah, you sign off because otherwise I won't shut up.
1: That's a good idea, isn't it? Just use the same intro. I'm
0: convinced, like, oh, our, our, our blog does it with James's bye bye. That's like a canned outro yeah
1: or he's just got a dole of himself with like recorded sayings that he does Blah, bye.
0: bye 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 should we should we say our bye-byes
1: yeah we've gone bye past bye. Bikes, guys. bye 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 guys bye